Hello and welcome. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, and you are listening to the 1% Christian, the Bible study, the daily Bible study, where we take 1% of our day, we dive into God's Word, we get some prayer in, we focus on His great and wonderful attributes, and then we head out to the remaining 99% of our day to do something amazing with this life that He's given us. I am very excited to be continuing with you through John chapter five, we're actually going to close out uh, that chapter today. But before we do, I want to invite you to download the Sound of Heaven app. You can go to soh.church, go to your Apple store, uh, your Google Play store, just type in Sound of Heaven. You should be able to find it. And if you're listening on any platform uh, where you get podcasts, give us a, a like, a share, subscribe, Check off your notifications. All those things help us out a lot. We're seeing growth every single day. And this is our Bible study, right? It's, it's you and I getting together. By the end of this, we're going to be through the the Gospel of John. And I believe each and every day we just draw closer to God. And I'm glad to be on this journey with you. Okay. So John chapter 5. We're at an interesting point in Jesus's ministry. He is healing the sick. He is performing signs and miracles. He is disrupting the status quo in the temple. And those who are taking notice are really going in two directions. Some are excited because they feel like this could be the Messiah. Uh, They're seeing all the things that he's doing and they're coming to believe. And then you have those who are stuck in their old ways, the Pharisees, the chief priests, the Sanhedrin, the Sadducees. These are all the religious leaders of the time that are seeing what Jesus is doing. And it's, again, disrupting their way of living. And they're not accepting the message that's there. And that's where we leave off, right? Jesus heals the man by the pool and Basically, the Pharisees get upset that he heals on the Sabbath. They're upset that he tells the man to carry his mat on the Sabbath, uh, missing the miracle completely, only seeing what they feel like is a transgression against their tradition. And then we see, as we did yesterday, Jesus is explaining to them, I'm doing what the Father is telling me to do, and that is ultra offensive to them because Jesus is calling God his Father. That's something that didn't happen. There was a separation between uh, man and God in the old covenant. Well, there was something new happening. And the fact that Jesus was calling God Father or Abba put Jesus in a position where they claimed he was trying to be equal to God. And we know that he was God in the flesh. A new relationship with God was being birthed where now we can be sons and daughters of God. Amen? So let's continue with this conversation. Jesus tells them, if I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is true. Now, Jesus doesn't need anybody to testify about him, right? But we all know that it is more powerful to get almost like a, a referral, a testimony for someone to vouch for you. And actually, this goes back to uh, Deuteronomy 
And in Deuteronomy, I think it was 19, uh, it was established. It says uh, that things are established through two or three witnesses. So that was a standard. So Jesus is pointing out and say, hey, it's not just me saying it. There is a witness named John. And technically, he's creating witnesses everywhere he goes. Next verse, it says, you have sent John and he has testified to the truth. This is John the Baptist. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it to you that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose to, uh, for a time to enjoy his light. John was a lamp, and they enjoyed his light. And Jesus is pointing out, hey, when he was here, you leaned in. When he was out there saying, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. When he was showing signs that the Messiah is coming, you were interested, but now you're not so interested. And we talked about why that is. They wanted a military king. They wanted a general. They wanted somebody to come in and destroy their physical enemies and to conquer and to make them a great kingdom again. Well, Jesus, Jesus wasn't the Messiah type of Messiah that they were looking for. Because Jesus was more concerned about their internal enemies than their external enemies. And what do I mean by that? He was more concerned about changing them from the inside out. Because a lot of times we think it's our external circumstances that hurt us the most. And what it is, it's what we allow to go on on the inside. That God is faithful to change if we let him. Amen? So let's continue. It says, I have a testimony that's weightier than that of John for the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing testify that the Father has sent me. Nicodemus admitted this, right? He said, you could not do the things that you do if you were not sent from the Father. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form. Nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one who he sent. Think about this and how offensive this is for them at the second, at the second, right? They were the epitome of holiness, air quotes. They were who everybody looked to, rabbi, rabbi. They walked the streets, puffed up. They prayed on the corner so people could see them pray and see how holy they were. And then here's this son of a carpenter popping up and saying, you don't, you don't have the word of God in you. You don't believe the message that he sent. Because God all throughout the Old Testament was saying, I'm sending my messenger. I'm sending my Messiah, that which will save you. We'll get into that a little more in a second. He says, you study the scriptures diligently. Because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Again, this was absolutely offensive to the chief priests, to the ones that should have been uh, closest to God. Jesus is saying some heavy stuff to them here. And he says, I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I've come in my father's name and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, 
You will accept him. How can you believe since you accept glory from another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? Lot to unpack here. Okay. Jesus is pointing out that you're the ones with the scrolls, that they were the ones, and he says it. He said, You think that you have eternal life in the scriptures, but I'm the one that the scriptures are pointing to. They had the scrolls, they read the scrolls, they had the traditions, they lived by those traditions, but they didn't have the love in their hearts. They became haughty, prideful, unloving, condemning, rules upon rules upon rules. And Jesus is coming to say, you have it wrong. And there's something new that's coming. And this is a trait of Jesus. We love the gentle Jesus, but sometimes the Jesus that comes to correct and point out the truth and to shake things up a bit. And there are times where we need to get shook up a little bit. Since John was a lamp, you enjoyed him. But what happened with John? John eventually, they began questioning him. What it, he wasn't who they wanted him to be. And Jesus, they began to lean into him a little bit. But now that he's showing that he is the son of God, the one that was in the, the scrolls that, these Pharisees were reading day in and day out. They want to know part of it. They had a false sense of validation. They felt like they were validated by the scriptures. They were validated by the notoriety from other men, by the works of their hands. And what Jesus is coming to do, but for them to point out, you're supposed to be my representatives here, and you're not leading with love. You're not leading with the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You like to stand on the corners and let everybody watch you pray. They were trusting in, the, in their own hands. They were trusting in the law. But Jesus came to fulfill the law. How did, how did he say the law was fulfilled? Through love. And they began to love the temple and the physical building more than they began to love God. And Jesus was coming to change that. My prayer for us today is that we won't have a full sense of validation. We won't look toward the men and women around us for validation, that our validation comes from God. We read the Bible so that we can get God's word, so that we can renew our minds. Because the word says that, it, that when we renew our minds, we are transformed. We don't conform to this world, but we're transformed by that renewing of our mind. And that's what God's word does in our life. And we need him. And a lot of times God is doing amazing things around us. 
but we're stuck in our traditions. We're stuck in our ways and we don't leave room for God to shake things up a little bit. And what we're seeing these men deal with, honestly, is pride. And pride is something that all of us at some, in some way, shape or form need to repent of. And that word repent, right? It just means changing direction, turning the other way. And the whole thing is, is God is willing to guide us in and through our repentance. Imagine if, if uh, a father, you know, said, you can't do that. And then didn't show you how to do it the right way. That wouldn't be a good father. But if you remember from yesterday, God is the perfect father. And what Jesus is trying to show these men is that God is love and that there's a better way than what they have going on today. And my prayer for you is that you go to God now or in your own time and say, God, is there a better way from what I'm doing? What areas of my life have I been a little prideful? Or maybe I've sought the, the acceptance of man over your acceptance when I've sought the things in this world that were maybe a little bit more comfortable, that I really loved your message until the point, but then when it got uncomfortable, I didn't really have it anymore. That's not what, that's not, that's not who we are becoming. It's not who we are. It's not who you are. It's not who I am. And that's what we're looking to do here every day is to draw closer to God. And even when there's that tough message, even when you hear something and you say, ah, I know I got to change that. Remember, God is a perfect father and he does not hold our wrongs against us. And a lot of times we look at our struggles and in our mind, we think it's us and then our sins and all our mess in the middle and Jesus on the other side with his arms crossed like, you better get this done. But in reality, God is standing on the same side as, a, of a, as us with his arm around us saying, let's work this out together. But you got to trust him and you got to see that he is ready to work in your life. So let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, let every area where we've become too prideful, Lord God, be exposed to your light. And we hand it over to you, Lord. And we know that you're gentle. We know that you're loving. And we want to operate like you. We want to follow your example. And to do that, we have to love as well, right? Love our neighbor as ourselves. Love you with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. So today we just want to say, we love you, Lord. Just say that where you are right now. Just say, I love you, Lord. Just say, God, I want what you want. Show me what you want. And it's that type of humility. It's that type of surrender where God says, call to me and I'll answer you. I'll give you great and unsearchable things that you won't know, that you wouldn't know. That means there's things that we couldn't find on our own if it wasn't for God, God guiding our way. Scripture says that if anyone lacks wisdom, let them ask. And he gives generously without rebuke. We serve a good father. So take that into your day today. Just thank him. 
Say, God, I want what you want. Say, God, I love you. In Jesus' name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio. You're listening to The 1% Christian. Tomorrow, we start a brand new chapter, John chapter 6. I am so enjoying studying with you. Uh, Check us out at soh.com church, and we will see you tomorrow. Love you guys.